Hello everyone and welcome to Sarah Space. It is a couple of days before Valentine's Day. Uh, I guess mostly a popular day to declare love. And I decided that I would take these rare moments free to talk to you about a number of things. And I guess all of them stem from love, in my personal opinion. I think that... I, well, it's come up a lot in the last number of weeks, the, the way that we interact with one another. And I guess the reason why I think about it so often is because my job is to work with young people and also all people now, um, now that I'm back in an arena where I'm teaching young adults and adults of all ages again the the social interaction of my life is primarily in an environment in which i have i guess one could use the word power to um exert and wield a rather thoughtful or and compassionate perspective or else i mean realistically i could be obtuse and unkind and thoughtless and leave a great deal of residual hurt and pain and um, misunderstanding, I guess. So having said that, of course, I, I mean, I've been thinking about this for all of the nearly four decades that I have taught, but it seems to be coming up a lot more again. And I am not sure if that is because my perspective on how to teach dance has become so much more uh, centered around the holistic health uh, physiological approach than ever before. Maybe because young people, well, dance, I won't say young people. I'm going to say dancers of all, all shapes, sizes, ages, and interests are finding themselves more drawn to understanding why certain movements and certain approaches are more difficult and also why they maybe up until this point haven't been possible. So having said that, I reflect daily upon how to best work with everyone and best inspire people to work well with themselves because inevitably that is what I am trying to do. I am trying to create an environment in which dancers are free to explore how they see themselves as athletes, how they see themselves as physiological, you know, makeups of bones and muscles and, uh, past injuries and, and chronic pains and, and insecurities and etc. And I guess in, in reflecting upon all that, it's made me aware that the ongoing damage that is wreaked by thoughtless commentary, um, and I'm going to say thoughtless kind of as a euphemistic kindness, because I feel strongly about trying to assume the best in humans and I feel as though a great deal 
of teachers, guides, mentors pass on information that they were given in probably the same manner and that they aren't actually trying to be unkind or diminishing or judgmental, but they're actually thinking they're being helpful. Oftentimes in these kind of proclamations about, oh, uh, okay, let me give an example. Uh, I know that you have knobby knees, but you know we have ways of working with that. Well, you know, that's subjective. (laughs) And that person could not have any inclination of thinking their knees as knobby. And suddenly now knobby knees is first and foremost in their thought process and the the feeling that, okay, well, this is, this is wrong and I've got to fix this. Uh, and I'm, I'm being slightly tongue in cheek and humorous about that because obviously there are much worse proclamations than knobby knees. I was in a situation uh, just yesterday in which I was seeing again physical language that basically said, I'm doing my best, I am holding myself upright, I'm setting myself out there, and I am working hard. And I feel, I feel very sensitive towards this approach, I guess, simply because, as I explained, that this transcends dance. This really does. I, I like to think that the great curiosity and constant stimulation and challenge I have in my teaching profession comes from the fact that I often look at it less as something about dance and more as something about humans and things along the lines of um, body language. So we can express so much in what we do and don't do with our bodies. And if you think about the way you hold yourself when you are uncomfortable and you go into an unfamiliar setting or an unfamiliar environment, you tend to hold your spine a little more stiffly. You tend to stand a little more upright. You tend to kind of almost, I will say, hold your ribs out to feel I guess kind of as though you're steeling yourself against any, I don't know, untoward remark or unkindness. And, and, and having said that, I don't think anyone actually consciously thinks about doing any of those things. They just happen. I see that all the time in the approach to ballet class. And I know that ballet is incredibly difficult. I know that ballet quite often makes people feel very uncomfortable and intimidated and as though it's terribly unfamiliar. It also carries a great deal of baggage and scars depending on how it was taught to you. And the irony is quite often it was taught to you by someone who feels all that same baggage and scarring, but now in a position of power, they wield it in a slightly cluelessly, I'm going to hope anyways, abusive manner. So all that to say, when you are in a room of humans that are attempting something that may be difficult for them, and this can relate to learning anything, in my opinion, look at it as a room of incredibly different individuals that all learn 
differently, that all hear you differently. And maybe think about that as you're speaking so that you might provide one, two, three, four different ways of saying the same thing that embrace every difference in the room with as much equality and equanimity as possible. Because I think that oftentimes the scars that we carry with us the most are when we feel the least acceptance. And we sometimes can feel the least acceptance simply in the act of omission. In the case of dance, there's usually someone in the room whose natural physiology is more akin to the mobility, the lines, the flexibility, the, I'm going to say, perception and um, expectations that have been perpetuated about what dancers are supposed to look like and be able to do automatically. And if we already go into that environment feeling inferior to that, or perhaps less well-equipped, we are inevitably going to feel more defensive if someone is saying something or approaching us with slightly harsh or slightly um, condemning language. We, as, as people that like to achieve, and I mean, I, I am referring back to dance many times because it is my area of expertise, but there's so many areas in which this happens. I can say it happens in academic schooling as well. People like to do well, and there's a quest for perfection to some degree. It is impossible to achieve perfection, and quite often people will have an incredibly hard time accepting this, and if they feel as though that sentiment is also uh, established on their, in their outside environment, they're, they're, they're stuck, and they're, they feel helpless, and you will not get the best results or the most open minds or the most open hearts to your method of teaching if this is the environment you help to create. I think that humor, um, passion, expressiveness, the ability to admit, you know, mistakes and flaws while you are in the, in the process of teaching, I think all of this is imperative to get the best results from your students. And I, I also think that as a, as a teacher, it's, it cuts you some slack. It gives you a, a chance to breathe and smile and reflect and not take yourself so seriously. So that's one aspect that I have been thinking about a great deal. I also had it brought to my attention the other night with some young adults that sometimes people will just go on social media or some vein or thread of conversation in the social media um, world that leads to things just on the internet relating to the perfect body type or the perfect look or what's wrong with certain bodies. 
And I cannot stress enough that we're talking about the most subjective item, I think, in the world. This is what perpetuates racism. This is what perpetuates self-hatred. This is what perpetuates eating disorders, uh, self-harm of all sorts, um, ostracization, uh, lack of acceptance across the board, uh, gender hatred. Oh my goodness, the list goes on. If we do not allow for the, the reality that there is is a place for each and every one of us to find acceptance first within ourselves and then with those that have an open heart and an open mind and aren't just buying into some force-fed doctrine as to what is considered beautiful or acceptable or uh, attractive, then we will be able to move forward and grow. And not only grow, but expand and then share that with others, which I think is just beyond important. And this was, I mean, this was in a dance class, but that we went from a topic on, on health and, and expanded further. So it, it certainly is on the minds of just humans in general. It's not a dance related topic. That's just one other aspect of it. So I feel as though... I can't stress enough how important it is to take all of those conversations or those media topics with a grain of salt and recognize that who, I guess the only time that, that we need to um, take stock of, of it is if it is creating a hateful environment in which we could describe it as being actually dangerous and in which case fight back reach out um, decry those words however if it is just simply somebody and then many somebody's agreeing with what they think is a uh, I don't know I mean I, I, I get a loss of word loss for words sometimes because I just think I'm I'm 52 which yeah, one could say I'm halfway through my lifespan uh, because I plan on living to 100. And uh, I have seen in those five decades trends of what is considered beautiful change radically. I have actually been in the strange and I would say almost unenviable position of being not only kind of maligned for the way I naturally looked to suddenly being in vogue to now just kind of going back to, I I guess, just okay, (laughs) acceptable again. It's, it's a strange, it's a strange time and a strange uh, place to be when you recognize that there, there is no one beautiful. There is no one um, perfect shape. There is wonderfully so an entire world filled with incredibly diverse, exquisitely different, um, wonderfully individual human beings that when it comes down to it will, uh, fill, 
fill our environment with whatever they have to offer, which hopefully is coming from the inside out. And I guess that's what it comes down to in the long and short of it is, is that I feel as though hearing what is being said to many of the young people that I deal with in dance today, and also many of the people that I deal with in dance today that mostly are reflecting upon things that were said to them as youth, but possibly as recently as within the last 10 years, I feel like we're still falling into that trap where there's a wrong and there's a right. And I don't think that's a great place to be. And I guess when it comes down to it, what I wish for everyone is to find a way to look at yourself, find something to smile at, find something to appreciate. Of course, if you're in a situation like we are in dance, where you're staring into a mirror day in and day out and not wearing much and working so hard at such an incredibly taxing, difficult, sometimes seemingly impossible technique, you are bound to find fault with your physical self. But the fact of the matter is, is is that your physical self is not at fault. It is, it is a beautiful instrument that we are responsible for accepting. And I will recognize first and foremost that there are creatures and I call them creatures, but so fondly and with absolute love, because quite often someone who seems to have everything that everyone else wants is hurting just as much as we believe ourselves to be hurting for the opposite reasons. Because there, it's all what we're feeling inside. What we have on the outside is just, it's just shape. It's just color. It's just um, design, really, when it comes down to it. And having said that, there are some shapes, colors, and designs that when doing some activities or just being alive are undeniably attractive to the eye, undeniably um, engaging and almost impossible to look away from. But what's going on inside is what imbues the aforementioned with life, with soul, with passion, with charisma, with that I'm going to say the very few French words that I know. One of them is je ne sais quoi. Uh, You just can't really put a finger on it, but you just look at it and think, oh my goodness. And it's breathtaking. In the same wording, I can say that we are all breathtaking in our own way. And let's celebrate that. And you know what? On Sunday, February the 14th, the day of love and lovely celebrations, let's celebrate loving ourselves, each other, and all of our wonderfully gorky bits or what we proclaim to be a gorky bit. Um, And let's smile at the fact that when it comes down to it, it's all relative. All right. I think that's basically what I had to say about all of that. And as a teacher, I hope that I will leave a trail of students past and present that smile if they get a chance to hear this, smile when they think about themselves, love 
what they can about themselves and remember that they are beautiful in their own way and that their beauty in dance was felt in their hearts, not in the shape of their legs and not in the shape of their body. And I wish you all a happy Valentine's Day in a couple of days and I wish you all much love for yourselves and for each other and I thank you for joining me in Sarah's space and hope to speak to you or share with you again in the future.